Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey folks, this is Doc Huffpower coming to you from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Now, right now we're actually broadcasting this live as well as recording for a podcast, um, which is why right now I'm going to say, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Do you feel like you are wasting your time and money marketing your dental practice? The fact is most marketing companies are not focused on your best interests. They focus on their profit. At Art of Dental Marketing, our engagements are month to month, allowing you a low risk and foundational level to build trust as we build real solutions. Right now, TBOD members can enjoy exclusive discounted pricing on our ultra fast websites and local SEO services. Visit us online at artofdentalmarketing.com or call us at 913-214-8502. Andre, how's it going? It has been years uh, since I had the pleasure of meeting you and I thought that I would bring you here onto TBOD because I know that you have a unique perspective into practices over your last 20 years of doing consulting, team building and coaching. Uh, so it without further ado, if you wouldn't mind going ahead and introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about how you got started in this business back in 1989. Well, Doc, it's, it's good to see you. It's, yeah, it's been a while. The last time we were in Jamaica <laughs> in great Absolutely. weather and enjoying ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, this is this 33 years plus for me in dentistry. I got into this um, when my personal dentist um, fell in love with my sister and became my brother-in-law. And it became the family business. And I knew nothing about dentistry other than getting my teeth cleaned on a regular basis. And went from a life of very high-end sales and uh, fashion customer service training to ADA codes and submitting claims and <laughs> doing that. And then into a life of teaching dentists how to run their practices, to create a uh, protocols for staff training, uh, perio inter, uh, periodontal treatment acceptance, and uh, just everything that has to do with dentistry. And here it is 33 years later, I'm stuck in the business, you know, loving it. Fantastic. You know, what what actually uh, drew us together to begin with, uh, we had a, a long, long conversation. Goodness, it must have been three or four hours uh, just sitting sitting after everyone else had gone to bed in Jamaica and, and talking about systemization and the weaknesses that we see in dentistry, particularly in the business of dentistry and in the management side of things. Um, I, I think a lot of dentists out there, uh, they, they get into business for themselves because they're technicians and they, they believe that they can do a better job of the, the technical things than their boss or their other practice that they worked at did, but they forget that there's such a huge component of business management that goes along with being able to treat patients the way you should. So what, what, made you get into this? Was your brother having some trouble with some of the systems? What was your background before you got into, into, into actually consulting with dentists? Well, I, so before I came into dentistry, I, I, I mean, go back into the early 80s, I worked in the record industry. You know, I worked literally LPs, but uh, I worked for a big uh, record company that had stores across the U.S. for selling records. And my job was to go in and teach customer service to these, you know, these guys. And I was kind of attributed to if anybody's ever seen WKRP in Cincinnati, you know, the rock I love jocks. That. 
yeah the guys who worked in the record store were like those djs i mean they really like those guys who were really into music and that kind of stuff my job was to teach them how to take care of a customer where their their whole focus was on the music Right. And not on customers. So I went out to Disney and was trained. I went out to Ritz Carlton and was trained. The company sent me out to these two places. And, uh, you know, I learned customer service training from the best in the business and implemented that into the record industry. That turned into when I left the record industry going into high end fashion and I sold, you know, tour clothing. And dealing with a customer base, and imagine the parallel would be selling Rolls Royces. So you don't see a customer for a real long time, but then when they come in, they're going to spend 300 grand with you. Right. And they're so ready that to was, too. Exactly. So I had to build those relationships in that situation. And that turned into when I left the fashion industry to come into dentistry, how did I apply what I learned at Ritz-Carlton, at Disney, at Yves Saint Laurent into treating patients? And it turned into a different set of norms. But at the same time, the things that I learned over the, you know, over the years were creating these systems so that the outcomes were consistent, but at the same time, understanding that you can't just have McDonald's systems. You have to have Disney customer service to make right. those two things work. And I just did a seminar recently where I, you know, I tried to explain the difference between what Disney does and what McDonald's does. But if you combine those two things, you almost have, and you know, this is a regional thing that people might appreciate, but Chick-fil-A, where you have this process of making these chicken sandwiches, but you also have this customer service attitude that gets things done in such a way that the patients or customers are happy right. with the outcomes. And that's what I've been doing for years is just comb combining what I've found outside of dentistry with what I do inside of dentistry to create a process. And that's what, you know, I, I call my, my company's called the crew process because it's all about people all getting together in a boat and rowing at the same pace and having an outcome, which is winning a race or getting to the finish line consistently, no matter who's in the boat rowing, you could have a five, two person and a six, 10 person. And as long as the stroke is consistent, the outcome is consistent. And there's nobody who's rowing in the opposite direction or drilling holes in the bottom of the boat. You're okay. Exactly. exactly. And those are, those are the people. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we went on air and I said, well, what do you want to call this thing? And, and you gave me a title. And what was that? It's, Either either you uh, either the people change or you change the people, and you know it's funny with COVID. It was a very interesting time for me because I had so many offices, so many doctors, so many owner doctors who called me and said, you know, all of my staff is gone, and now I have to run my business. And it was really, I mean, as terrible as it was, it was I also think it was a benefit to a lot of practices. I think really it was do. so cathartic for so many people because they got to be the owner doctors. They got to be the entrepreneurs that they set out to be, even though they necessarily didn't want to do the accounting part of it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna differ with you a little bit on that, but I think you would agree. You're just mm -hmm. far more polite than I am. I think dentists are a bunch of wusses, and they're afraid to fire people. And so they build up these toxic relationships and toxic connections and their team poisons new members and something that just wipes the slate clean sometimes is exactly what they need. Oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're afraid to make a change because they're afraid to lose something when you have nothing to lose and you're starting from fresh and you can see, hey, look, this is what I did before. I need to not do that again. I think it, 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 it's like you said, it's cathartic. It gives them an opportunity to start all over. 
Yeah, I, I went. I, I can't remember who said this, so I can't give them the, the attribution. But somebody I, I saw speak said that the worst day in your life is the day you fire somebody, and the next day is the best day of your life. <laughs> that is that is quite true. Although I I have to say I really enjoyed firing people, and there was a reason. Um, whenever I had exhausted all of my opportunities to help that person to grow into the person that they needed to be, I knew that the opportunity I offered them was not the appropriate opportunity. And so I viewed it as helping them to find an opportunity somewhere else that might fit better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just listening to the owners of the, the company um, Zoom, Zom? No, I'm sorry, Noom, N-O-O-M, Noom. And they were saying that when they restructured the company, they were originally like a Peloton company. And they went to this more of a um, diet wellness kind of thing. And when they made that switch, a lot of people were grumbling about, yeah, we're getting rid of our, you know, our, our hard goods. And they went, look, but we're going a different direction. So here's a chance for you to either decide to go in our direction or make the opportunity to find other jobs. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, welcome to your brand new opportunity somewhere else. Exactly. And there are lots so, of those now. So, you know, it, it's interesting that you brought up um, brought up COVID. It was something I wanted to bring up with you after we had kind of dived down into the, the, the depths of what you've been seeing. But it seems to me there's been a lot of beneficial changes since COVID. I mean, obviously there's some hardships and some challenges, particularly staffing challenges and training challenges. But it seems to me that um, I'm seeing every day practices saying, I'm done, I'm going out of network. Yeah. And I think that it's something that dentists were afraid to do for a long, long time. But the necessity because of operating costs and reduced you know, reimbursement levels, I, I think it's finally driven home that you cannot practice that way. You cannot run a business successfully that way. And it's caused enough pain. And let's face it, we're creatures of comfort. Yeah. We don't move unless there's pain, <laughs> right? Yep. What, what are your thoughts on that? And what are you seeing nationwide? Uh, it's, it, it is becoming a... A driver and doctors have become lean and mean. And this is, you know, this is, again, as somebody who tries to be as far outside of dentistry while I'm in it, I look at the business and I think, you know, if my doctors who I've worked with over the years sold Avon at a 22, 25% overhead and did a million dollars, look at what they net as opposed to what we do in dentistry with a 60, 70% overhead in some cases. Right. We've become lean and mean after COVID, and it's it's a great thing. And again, go back to looking at this entrepreneurship. This is this is the time when every dentist should be reading the E Myth. Those who haven't read it, absolutely need to read it, and get lean and mean and understand what it means to be that business per, that entrepreneur and running your own business. That doesn't mean that you need to get under a desk and fix a fix a PC. It means right. that you understand that the person at the front desk might not be the right person, but you need to hire somebody who can do that. This is the time to do it and to get lean and mean, but I, the eyes are open. The future of dentistry is strong, uh, but there is a place for that DSO model, that PPO office model, that kind of thing. Um, I tell people all the time, and again, I, I you know, as a as a business owner, every time I hear people who want to jump ship from something, as long as they have a ship to jump onto. I'm, I'm with them, but don't jump ship without having a, 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 a bad analogy, but don't jump without having a parachute. You don't jump from right. a ship without a parachute, but you understand what I mean, without a lifeboat. Absolutely. Um, 
it needs to be planned out. It needs to be done. It needs to be structured. And you don't want to be the bad guy in the end with your patients because that's that's where we, we come from. So, but uh, I, I'm I'm glad to see the change. I am looking forward to the future of dentistry. I I, I see people um, they they overcome this fear, and I think you're talking about the E myth, and um, I think that a lot of people just need some brutal honesty with themselves. They need some introspection and introspection. They need to figure out that they're not managers. Most of us aren't. Uh, most of us are mostly technician with some entrepreneur thrown in there. And everyone's got parts of each of these things, but most dentists have very little manager there. And so they need to realize that they need to grow that in someone else so that those three hats are worn correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a trust factor too, because, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, when I came into dentistry, I knew nothing about dentistry. And I took over a million dollar business that had legal implications and there are all kinds of other things that I had no idea what I was doing, but I was thrown in with this idea that the girls will train you, so don't worry about it. And that information passed down from person to person is like the, the telephone game. It is. And that's been dentistry since, you know, I, since the 80s. I've, I've, I've realized, you know, there was this uh, friendship bread that went around during COVID, which was somebody took some yeast and whatever flour, and then they passed right. it to the next person. That is exactly how everybody that we're we're, that's listening to us right now got the fees in their practice. They passed it down Absolutely. from somebody else. They passed it down from, and then they're going online to look up this, this report that is a report of other fees that were submitted to insurance. And instead of understanding that you can make your fees, whatever you want to make your fees, they decide that we're going to just pass this information down. And this is just a small part of it, but this is passing down bad information over Absolutely. and over and over again when there is another way to do it. You know, I am. Um, all right. I'm going to tell on myself here. There's a book I think everyone should read. It's called Profit First. Yeah. And um, as, as well as the email. In fact, honestly, if you don't read anything else, read those two books yeah. and maybe throw in Blue Ocean Strategy at the end. Um, so when I started my practice, what I actually did is I recorded the time it took me to do procedures. I recorded the materials it took me to do procedures and I made a spreadsheet and then I notated the things like um, hourly for the assistant. Now that was a set price. That was something I had to pay no matter what. And so what I did is I tried to set my profit margins at 45 to 50% on each procedure. And that worked well for me. And then I got all this, this feedback from patients and like, well, some of your stuff is cheaper than other dentists and some of it's more expensive than other dentists. And, you know, so then I got a report from uh, Renaissance, which Renaissance actually is a clearinghouse that gets all the information from all the dentists around the country. And I looked at my prices and <laughs> instead of lowering my prices, what I did is I looked at them and I said, I'm not at least in the 80th percentile on this. I want to be in the 80th percentile. And that's what I did because I wanted to set myself up as the Starbucks of dentistry or the Apple of dentistry or the Ritz Carlton. And then I took all my team members and I brought them for a stay at the nicest hotel I could find. And I gave them a legal pad and I said, I want you to fill every page that you can with anything that made you feel special while you were here or anything that just wowed you. I also want you to write down anything you didn't like. And I took that information and that's where I began as the starting point for the culture that I created. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes when I, when I work with an office, 
it, it's it, the first thing I always do is I, you know, I, I go into doctor's offices and I, I look around and I look at what's important to them. You know, if there's a, a poster of, uh, a, you know, Pebble Beach on the wall, you know, right. if there's horses, you know, whatever, I usually get that and go, tell me why you do what you do. And sometimes it's, I love dentistry. My brother-in-law loved dentistry. I mean, he just ate and, and slept dentistry. And then there's other guys who are like, hey, look, if I can get on my boat every weekend, <laughs> forget dentistry. That's all I'm thinking about is getting on my boat. That's what drives us. And that's what we need to work for. So, you know, I'm always looking at the four pillars of a practice. And for me, that's people, process, and, and productivity or profitability, whatever P you want to use right. there. But the most important P of every of those four things is philosophy. So I go and I go, where's your, where are your clinical philosophies come from? Where do your moral philosophies come from? And let's work towards that. Let's build a practice towards that. And if you can answer that, that P and say, here's my philosophy of people, here's who I hire. Here's my philosophy of processes. You know, I'm going to do, I don't want to do Muller Indo. <laughs> and here's my philosophy of profitability because I want to spend, a, you know, six months doing charity work, whatever. I can make that cycle work. But we have to clearly define it because if you go, oh, I want to buy a laser. Well, does that fit into your process? Right. Does it fit into your profitability? I want to buy CAD CAM. Okay, does that fit into? I want to hire this person. Okay, does that person fit into the philosophy? As long as we can get those things going back, then you know what? I want to be obsolete. I don't want you to have to call me and ask me, should I hire somebody? I go, look, go back to this and figure out if it works. And don't bother me anyway. <laughs> I really want to be an obsolete person in dentistry. And I, I, I love that. And that to me is the right philosophy. There are a lot of consultants and I, I, I get in a lot of trouble with consultants because I call them on it. There are a lot of consultants whose only job in life is to make sure that the practice continues to need them. Yeah. And to me, that means you're doing a shitty job. If you're not teaching people how to run their practices and you're not actually, you know, teaching them the knowledge set that they need to ask the right questions themselves and answer them, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I've always been on the outside of the consulting world and I, you know, I've never wanted to be a dental consultant uh, and I've, I've tried every form that, that took with not being a consultant, even though I've owned three consulting companies in dentistry, you know, I always said that the definition, and this is not my definition, this is somebody who said it to me. The definition of a consultant is somebody who borrows your watch and tells you what time it is. Right. All right. That's so for me, I, you know, my, my goal is to say, hey, dude, here's a watch, learn how to use it. And, you know, if you if you need me, you can call me. But if you don't need me, just look at the watch. You know, I have been, you know, my mother was a college professor, my dad's an accountant. So I come from from this world as somebody who looks at the people, but also looks at the processes. I'm always looking at the people from mom and I'm always looking at the process from dad and going, how do we put these two things together so that they work? And again, use my rowing analogy so that these people get us where we need to go without the boat, the, the boat tipping to one side. You know, that's my job is to keep the boat straight. And I'll take those two components, the people in the processes and keep people focused on philosophy. Hi, folks. This is Doc Huffpower, founder of the Business of Dentistry and host of the Dear Doc podcast. Before we go any further, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about one of our fine sponsors, Dentamax. Now, I've been able to land a phenomenal deal for all of our TDOD members and our listeners on the Dentamax Dream Sensor. Before I jump into the offer, if you didn't already know, 
Dentamax offers high quality dental sensors. They sent me one of their dream sensors to try out my office and my staff just raved about it. If you're picky about image quality, Dentamax has you covered. When you get your sensor in, a technician will help you by setting it up so that you get clear, concise images all of the time. In fact, they can even set it to mimic a sensor that you had before that you like the image on. All you have to do is share which one it was. It has a tough, durable housing, and it's backed by a three-year manufacturer warranty, which is one of the longest warranties in the industry. I also like the thin design. With the beveled corners, it makes it easy to place in the patient's mouth, and it's pretty comfortable. Now, I know a lot of you may be worried, will this work with my imaging software? You don't have to worry there. Denimax has you covered there as well. Denimax Dream Sensor works with virtually all software. In fact, it's usually plug and play, and you never even have to use a Twain driver. I'm excited to share this special with you because David Ornette, Denimax's CEO, was willing to give us a really great deal. All of our members can try the Dentamax Dream Sensor for free. That's right. They'll ship it out to you and let you use it for two weeks. In fact, they'll even have their technician dial it in on your systems to make sure it looks as good as possible. Now, all you have to do to get this offer is go to Dentamax.com forward slash TBOD. But guys, that's not it. Denimax is going to give you $3,000 off of their retail price, plus a $200 discount above and beyond that just for being a member of this community. So you can get a size one sensor for just $27.99 and a size two sensor for $37.99. It's a really great deal on a really great sensor, but you don't have much time to wait because this deal ends on July 4th. So go ahead and go to dentamax.com forward slash TBOD, check out the deal, and celebrate your freedom from high prices. Thanks again, folks. This is Doc Huffpower. Let's get back to the show. Absolutely. Uh, folks, I'd like to remind you that we are doing this live right now. I can see that there are several people watching. If you have any questions at all, anything that you want to know, any, uh, any deficit in your practice that you think might be able to be addressed, go ahead and drop those questions down below and we'll do our best to get to them. So Andre, if you had a list of things, um, I, I always call this the short list. Um, there, there, are, there, there are processes and there are processes. Um, to me, uh, the, the initial processes or recognizing that you need a process and doing the research to, you know, to figure out what that process has to encompass, what it has to go into and what it has to touch upon in your, in, in your overall work, right? Uh, so to me, a lot of the things that people need to know is, A, in your job, what is your valuable final product? Because whatever you produce, you have to work back for, from there. Um, B, what is your real hat? and what goes in that hat so that you're not wearing the wrong hats and mucking up the work and see how do I play nicely with others so that my work doesn't interfere with the work of others and interfere with their process. So those are just some rule, what I call quick processes or short processes, the, the things you have to know before you really learn how to do what you're going to do. If you had some short processes or a, a list of steps that any dentist out there could take in any practice, regardless of what level of um, sophistication their current systems are at, 
what would you recommend? What would you recommend looking at and working backward from? Or what would you recommend looking at to see where the problems exist in the practice or, you know, an, an audit basically? Yeah. I, again, I always start with with philosophy. So I one of the things I challenge offices to do, and I do this in, in big seminars, I'm doing one in San Antonio this week. You know, one of the things I, I like doing is saying, doctor, tell me about your practice. So you get that elevator pitch. Tell me about your practice, but you have to be able to tell me your, about your practice in six words or less. All right. So say Nike, just do it or Allstate, the good hands people, whatever it might be. But let's brand your office that way. And I'm going to challenge an office to get it down to six words. You know, we've all walked into practices and they've right. got that calligraphied, you know, vision statement, mission statement on the wall that nobody pays attention to. Nobody's ever read it. So tell me about your practice in six words or less. And like for me, uh, my company uh, motto is personal service, outstanding results. And if I'm selling a car or I'm, or I'm helping you with a practice, it's personal service, you and me. An outstanding result. It's got to be good. Otherwise, you're not going to hire me. So that's how I could say it. And if you said, if you took that on as, as a practice philosophy, personal service, that means every one of our patients gets that hour of service. We're not rushed. We're not doing that stuff. All right. And our outstanding result means that I'm going to keep my CE level up. I'm going to be able to do that. If I ask a, an office to adopt that philosophy or that tagline, everything else circles back to that. Did we provide personal service? And, you know, our staff meetings have to go back to that every time. If Mrs. Smith complained, or we look at a Google review and we see where we fell, you know, we fell short of our outcomes, what's the outcome? And what do we need to do to fix that? How do we get us back on that track? If our crowns are coming back and they're not fitting the way that we need to expect, then we need to go back to our outstanding results part of our thing and figure out how come it's not working. So I ask people to, to give me that. And then you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. You've got to make sure that this is the way it works with your practice. So I challenge people for that. If you can come up with a tagline for your office, you know, one of my one of my doctors, his was all of our smiles are BTW, which is bright, tight, and white. And as long as he could circle back to that, I, you know, hey Andre, I'm thinking about using XYZ Lab. Are they going to be able to facil facilitate your philosophy of of a bright smile, a tight smile, periodontally sound, and a you know, and a white smile? If we can get you back to that, then everything else will work out. So that's my first challenge. And then everything else from that is just a matter of, will it go back to that philosophy? So give me that tagline and stick with it. It's, it's again, it's Chick-fil-A. We sell, we sell chicken sandwiches. Ah, should we do burgers? No, no, no. You are a chicken salad. <laughs> so can you do chicken salad? Sure. But it's a chicken sandwich place. Don't go off of that stick with it. And then you can have outstanding out results from that philosophy. Well, you know, you know it's, it's interesting. Um, we're talking about Chick-fil-A and we, we mentioned McDonald's earlier for process, yeah. um, but Ray Kroc actually said exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah. You do one thing and you do it well. What was it? Was it Hunts who said something very similar? I'm not sure. Not you, sure. Find, a sim find a simple thing and do it extraordinarily well. Okay. I, I can't, I can't remember who it was. Who's it Hunts or Hines? One of the two. Yeah. Um, but I, I think a synopsis of what you just said there was philosophy informs process. Exactly. So that, that's our first milestone. Philosophy informs process. If you don't have a philosophy, you can't have processes that mean anything, that, that, that have an internal consistency. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, and I seek, I seek outside information from dentistry because I think we, we re regurgitate the same information we've heard for years. 
and it's typically yes. bad information you know or it's it, it's influenced by the, the 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 you know whatever the shiny object on the internet is for dentistry you know let's go back to you know the original guys let's go back to low when it comes to perio let's go back to black when it comes to you know to decay you know if we can go back to those standards dentistry is a really consistent business it's just it's it's the meat and potatoes of business it's a steakhouse you know and stop worrying about all the frills stop stop worrying about all the new things that come along the other stuff if we just stay consistent with our, the way that the business runs and the way that we take care of our customers our patients then this is a fantastic business. When we go off on these other tangents with you know paraffin, wax, hand dips, and cookies in the waiting room, we lose focus on our business and we wind up spending money that we don't need to. So this is, to me, consistency, 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 turn over to the next <laughs> associate, consistency, consistency. And you know, I I have three generations of an office that I worked with, and it's been there have been three cycles of dentist, and then they've been three successful cycles so far. We're in the third, uh, because they've just done meat and potatoes dentistry. It's just been a fantastic practice to watch. Well, and and to clarify, there, uh, I believe that uh, what Andre is saying is. You know, it doesn't mean that the cookies in the in the reception area are a bad thing if it is informed by your philosophy. Exactly. But be intentional about what decisions you make about your business. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've all seen the, you know, the, something that somebody's tried and, you know, it's it's poorly executed. You know, I, Burger King had tacos a few years ago. <laughs> and I, did you remember the pizza burger? I do. Yeah. It, it, stop it. <laughs> Hey, hey just... look, look, I'm going to tell you, I am old enough that whenever you said, when you mentioned that sitcom earlier, my first thought was Johnny. And I was like, were they all like smoking pot in the bag? <laughs> yes, they were all the, all the radio, all the, all the uh, guys. As a matter of fact. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Who are, who are the characters there? It was Johnny Fever. Les? Yeah. Les Nesman, the newsman. Yeah. Okay. And I usually, you know, and it's a shame because, you know, we, we've aged out of some of the staff members, but I used to use that as examples because I was Les Nesman. I was the newsman when I worked in a dental office and I had, I, I, I literally put caution tape around my desk so that my doctor would not come up to the front desk. And I said, you know, I said, Clyde, my brother-in-law, I said, doc, look, you stay in the back. I'll stay at the front. Don't ever come into the newsroom. And I usually, I use that as an example. I said, you know, when you rock jock start coming into the newsroom, the news gets corrupted and I won't do any endo if you won't do any financials. Right. And it's a, the separation between the two is what kept us to be very successful in the practice that we ran. So I am, I always found that, okay. So as a technician, because all of us are part technician. And when you recognize that you can, you can, turn the dial on that but as a technician there was always a temptation to go and see that people were doing their jobs the way that i told them to do them yeah. the truth of the matter is is the results are all that matters the process even though the process is informed by your philosophy if you're getting the results that you want and they're in tune with your philosophy then the process they're using works yeah. You know, I, I see dentists all the time. They're talking about, oh, well, I saw my front desk girl. She was on her cell phone. And I think I'm going to fire her for that. And I'm like, okay, well, 
what, what's her, what is her valuable final product? Her valuable final product is a well-controlled schedule that is packed with patience and making yep. you money. Yep. So a profitable, well-scheduled schedule. So do you have that? If you have that, mind your own damn business. Who cares about the phone? And, yes. and again, that that's, that's, you know, I, okay, we'll go with my age. You know, I use the example I use for, for my company is the example of Ralph Wolf and Sam the Sheepdog from Warner Brothers cartoons. And here's two things, you know, here's a wolf and a sheepdog who they have jobs to do. So they clock in every morning at eight o'clock, the bell goes off and then they beat the hell out of each other because that is their job. And they right. do it really, really well. The, the, the wolf tries to get the sheep and the, the sheepdog protects the sheep. And then at five o'clock, that bell rings again. And those guys drive home together because they commute together. They're friends. But the idea is, I don't care what you do off the clock. When you're on the clock, do your job and do it well. All right. There's something in shooting, which is precision and accuracy. Because, Absolutely. you know, are you accurate? Do you hit the target? Or is your grouping off to the side? And so your accuracy is off, but you're precise. So you could have somebody at the front desk who's very anal about the way they do it, but their their accuracy is way off. <laughs> they always come up with the, the right copayment. Their copayment is just not correct. Mm-hmm. So their accuracy is way off, but their precision is fantastic. So what are you working with? And do you how do you clearly define that so that when you do judge that person, when you do look at their outcomes, are you looking at their accuracy? You're looking at their precision or you're looking at their, the two areas and neither is that high. You know, it absolutely. You know, the thing is, is that if you don't know what's wrong, you can't fix it. That's it. That's great advice right there. Okay. So I'll leave you with, if you had anything you could change in um, every practice around the nation, you'd implement one thing, what would it be? Uh, Staff meetings. (laughs) Honestly, to me, I think we don't work on our craft enough. And I think we go with the day-to-day as the day-to-day. And instead of sharpening our sword, we're just, we're, we're happy with a dull knife. Uh, that's, that's the problem. I think we have to sharpen our knife and we have to get CE outside of dentistry. And then, you know, that's what I mean when our staff meetings, bring in somebody from McDonald's, you know, even your teenager who works at McDonald's, have them come in and do a staff meeting one day and say, this is what we find with consistency. You know, it's, it's seven seconds to make a burger at McDonald's. You know, right. have somebody outside of dentistry give you a, a, you know, have somebody who's a decorator walk through your office and tell you about the cobwebs in the corner. Have somebody who works at a bakery talk about getting up at 5 a.m. to start customer care. You know, have somebody who works at Starbucks tell you how they take care of their customer. You know, and every day you need to be sharpening your sword. Every week you need to be having a staff meeting and it needs to be constantly, you know, focused on uh, assistance, focused on hygiene, focused on the people who bring in the lab cases every day. You I'm, I'm going to go one further with you on that one. And you may disagree. And if so, please do. Um, I actually implemented, um, you know, I I no longer practice clinically, um, but before I I stopped, one of the last things I implemented, and I really kicked myself for not having done this more quickly, is I implemented a position in each one of my teams, our front office team, our hygiene team, our assistant team, and they were responsible for running one meeting, and it alternated. And When, when we ran our meetings, our first thing was we, we used the rock system. So um, level 10 meetings. So 
the first thing is, is that we're going to, we're going to cover all the business that have been covered before. Do we still have things that need to be worked on that weren't taken care of? You know, what are the things that we need to do to work on those, which things were accomplished and which things can't be accomplished and why, and do we need to address those? And it was boom, 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 boom. And then it was statistics. Okay. What was our production this past week? What was our production goal? If we didn't hit the goal, does anybody have any idea what we need to do to hit the goal? And then they would do their own section. Hey guys, look, you know, I've noticed that the, that the statum was overloaded and, you know, blah, 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 or this thing in hygiene isn't getting done. You know, you guys need to preframe patients for, for adult fluoride or, or whatever it was. But I had the team take the responsibility to do it and gave them the ownership. And it was uncomfortable at first. Like really, they really, really hated it. But they grew into those positions. You know, I'm a real big believer that if you don't get uncomfortable, you're not growing. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, all these things have been done well outside of dentistry. We just have to look outside. I mean, that's the Robert's rules. I mean, the Robert's rules of order. If you just go back to that and, you know, we had a meeting, so we need to check the, the minutes from the meeting before our last meeting in order to work on this meeting. Those things have been done outside of dentistry. And we just have to look that solutions have been made years ago and implement them in, in what we do today. And, you know, there's no sh new shiny penny, you know? Absolutely. All right, my friend, thank you so much for coming onto the program and uh, giving pleasure. us the benefit of your wisdom and your, your years of knowledge here. Um, if someone is interested in getting in contact with you and maybe getting your opinion and your assessment of their practice, how can they do that? Best way, go right to our website, which is thecrewprocess.com. That's the easiest way. And from there, there's any possibly you want to get to me, there's links to message, text, call, whatever. And that's, that's the best starting point. Fantastic. Well, folks, Andre, thank you for joining us. Folks, thank you for joining us and listening to the sound of our voice for, you know, nearly an hour. Hopefully you found something useful in this conversation. Hopefully we made your life a little bit easier as a dentist. Take care, folks. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.